Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. The premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was, at that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC, which is amazing. Wes Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. And welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. Tom Head, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell along with you on this Wednesday morning. A lot happening in the world of Gamecock athletics. We talked a lot yesterday about Travian Robertson higher. Uh, we heard from him uh, for the first time yesterday. We'll certainly play some of that sound a little bit as the uh, show goes along. Uh, Preston and I talked about this this morning on the early game, though. We have found out the details of Jimmy Lindsay's payment <laughs> as the new defensive line coach. <laughs> I love the way you the payment. <laughs> in LSU. And it had us both scratching our heads because he's gotten quite the significant increase in pay going from about 425k to 750k out there in baton rouge and uh we 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 were trying to make sense of that all what are are your thoughts on that good for jimmy is uh my, my first thought i mean obviously lsu wanted their guy they knew who their guy was and they went out and got him i i think I mean, if you're Jimmy Lindsay, you, you almost have to say yes. I mean, get the bag. I respect it. Right? Yeah. I mean, he, and, and, and I if be- you're South Carolina, I don't know if you can match that. Like, right. And, and I don't mean that in a way of like you couldn't do it. I yeah. just, I don't know. Do Does want- it make sense? I don't know if it makes sense yeah. to match that in this economy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and look, that was a. If that's the guy you wanted, 
there, there was a time in Gamecock athletics where they had a hard time keeping coaches. Yeah. There were a lot of different factors about it. Number one, the program was not, you know, wasn't what it was. It wasn't good, Chris. Yeah, it wasn't good. I was trying to soften it a little bit. You know, the early days of Steve Spurrier is one you can kind of think about where South Carolina as an administration, they weren't paying as much. You remember there was a time, Wes, where they weren't doing multi-year deals for assistance. And and now that's something, if you don't do that, you're not hiring anybody. You know, that feels like that was decades. Decades ago. ago. And, and, and it wasn't that long ago that Steve Spurrier, like his first contract was like one point something million dollars. As a head coach. And now you're paying defensive line coaches three quarters yeah. of a million you're, dollars a year and and paying a $300,000 buyout. Yes. So they're investing over a million dollars in him <laughs> in this year alone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, co- coordinators now in college football, like they're coordinators that are over the $2 million mark, which is more than Steve Spurrier, who was a national championship, SEC championship winning coach, got in his first contract at South Carolina. Now, we don't want to admit it. That was almost 20 years ago. Yeah, just di- different times. It's, it's just different now. Well, you, you have, Chris, it's different in college football. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. it's different in the world itself as well. Every, you yes. know, everything is more expensive now. Yeah. But certainly college football, those head coaching, and then it trickles down to coordinators, and then it trickles down to assistants, that has outpaced even inflation yeah. itself um, by, by a lot by by a lot so you know you, you have all these things going but I, I think uh, let, let's go back to what Beamer said yesterday and you know and I and I like Jimmy Lindsay a lot and I think he's a great dude and I, I actually think he did a re- I think he did a good job I really do um, but does it make it easier if you're South Carolina? And you already have your built-in next guy ready yeah. to roll and Travion Robertson. Do you notice Shane Beamer, not only did he say I made one call, he said I called him before the opening was even there. Meaning, I took that as Jimmy Lindsay said, hey man, LSU wants to talk or LSU is interested. However it played out. And Shane Beamer calls... Travian and says, like, I know, I'm sure it was something along the lines of, hey, I know you've been interested in the past. You know, I said this yesterday. I heard he kind of made it known he was interested when the Sterling Lucas mm-hmm. um, spot that got filled by Sterling Lucas was, was open. And so it's probably like, hey, if and when this comes open, you're still interested, right? And so that may, that, that maybe even affects your thinking. It's like, yes. okay, for for your guy, Jimmy Lindsay, he's going to get a huge pay raise. Um, actually, more than double what he was making before this current South Carolina contract. Uh, you know, I think, like you said, it was up to 400 and something for the most recent contract at South Carolina. But before that, I think it was in the 300s, maybe. So mm-hmm. over double. And then if you're South Carolina, you're saying, we kind of already know who our next guy is. We can actually have his first year paid for by the buyout. Mm-hmm. So it 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 almost feels like it kind of worked out for for all sides. Yeah, and this. it's not. It's definitely not a knock on Jimmy Lindsay to say this. It's just like economics and reality. 
when they're if you know like if Shane Beamer was like I just don't have anything lined up I don't know if there's a fit out there for the program you know maybe you go and you know to use the cliche you stand on the table a little bit more but that's a that's a uh you know a Robin Williams old captain my captain standing on the table right there you know to to do that and so yeah the 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 investment made by LSU is pretty pretty darn substantial right like i knew that whatever figure came out as reported was going to be higher than what Jimmy Lindsay made i didn't i don't know that i anticipated that and um honestly i don't know how their process went like i said Jimmy Lindsay has a really significant LSU tie because he's close with Pete Jenkins who's like the don of D-line coaching just in general like in football like a lot of people think he invented D-line play basically LSU alum he's coached there there's no doubt in my mind that that helped out and for someone like Jimmy Lindsay who's now done happy for him done really well for himself because you know he played at Chattanooga he spent a lot of time in SoCon then he got to Illinois in the Big Ten, then South Carolina, now to LSU. So he's done really well for himself lately. Absolutely. And I, I think the fact that those longstanding ties are still there for Jimmy, I think is on brand because yeah. Jimmy Lindsey, for those who know him, and I think he really kind of ingrained himself into the South Carolina fan base yes. as well. Um, Jimmy is one of those guys that just knows everybody. And very good at networking, you know, going to, uh, you know, like the Gamecock Bourbon Society events, like just kind of ingraining himself within the fabric of the South Carolina football community. Uh, it, it doesn't surprise me that there are connections at LSU that are nearly 20 years in the making mm-hmm. for him because he's, he's a guy that networks, and I think that plays to his strengths in recruiting as well. And he also... Um worked with Matt House, their DC yes. at Gardner-Webb, I think just one season in 05, but they both worked on the defensive line there as well. Yeah, so the Pete Jenkins connection, the connection to Matt House, the fact that, you know, Brian Kelly publicly said he was looking for a guy that had SEC experience and in recruiting. And honestly, when, when he said that, like, it wasn't really on my radar. It probably should have been on my radar a little bit more of like, all right, here's a couple connections that Jimmy Lindsay has to LSU. Could he be a guy? This happens a lot in college football. Like, you know, if somebody gets hired at a particular school as a head coach or as a coordinator, you know they have a tie to a Gamecock assistant. Even if nothing ever comes of it, it kind of gets on your radar. And so this one came a little bit more out of nowhere, and maybe it shouldn't have. But but I do, back to Wes's point, on Shane Beamer and his process, That this has been a very... I would say different process than in the past. I mean, you look at, go back to when he was hired. He wanted to hire a special teams coordinator. And from all indications, I think he said this publicly, like he had Pete Limbo on his list. That Like that was the list. <laughs> you know, I have a, I want to hire a special teams coordinator. If it's not Pete Limbo, I'm probably not hiring a special teams coordinator. There were other spots where he had two or three guys. And if, you know, it's kind of if I can't get this guy for whatever reason, I'll go to this guy. Uh, we've seen some instances in the past where Shane Beamer has replaced coaches because they've departed. And there's typically been somewhat of of a longer process for that, meaning there's been a few candidates, right, that you're kind of tracking. This is one where it was just swift and easy. 
um, and Beamer even mentioning that the preliminary call to Travian, the call as soon as the opening had become official, and it was just kind of a one and done, basically. Yeah, um, and it's funny he mentioned because he was on with Heath Klein a little bit um, yesterday after the press conference where we heard from him for the first time, but he said it's almost kind of funny that this took place over draft weekend because he got the call from Beamer and it was almost like getting drafted all over again where he got picked up by the Falcons in 2012 in the seventh round. How about the number of Gamecock connections that, like you want to talk about networking with Jimmy Lindsay, think about the number of Gamecock connections. And so I was, uh, I was actually listening to the press conference in my car and I was riding with my wife and Travian started to have, he started into that thing about all the connections that he had with his prior jobs. And I started thinking about it. And then I was trying to name off the names of guys he was about to say. Because, you know, you and I talked about Brad Lawing and how Brad Lawing left at Georgia State. And then he got in there, but he was coaching, obviously, for Sean Elliott. Then I was like, okay, then Chris Hampton, obviously, defensive coordinator at Tulane, gave him that job. And I actually missed the Corey Peoples connection. I knew they coached together at Georgia State because Corey Peoples, I think, is still DB's coach at Georgia State right now. I didn't realize he basically was involved in getting him hired at Albany State. So, uh, it, I mean, if you believe in things being meant to be, then good grief. Like, this just fit on all sides. And it, it really struck me again, guys, Shane Beamer does not care if you have prior SEC recruiting experience. That's something we probably talk about as fans, probably something we talk about as media, probably something that if you were going to make like a list of check boxes, some people would have that on there. Do they have that high, like power five recruiting experience? And how many of these hires has Beamer made that you almost say, well, this guy checks every single box, but he just hasn't done it quite at this level yet. I look at like Sterling Lucas. He he may be one of their best recruiters on staff. And he came in from, you know, the NFL. You don't have to recruit at I've all. Never recruited. So I think I've actually learned something myself, even as someone who's followed recruiting forever, that if you put everything else around a guy and they care about a place and they're good with people and they connect with people, then maybe we've overvalued that sort of power five experience in the past because we talk about it fairly often, Chris. To me, the two things that make a great recruiter is one, you just have to be able to connect with people. However it is you do it, it doesn't have to be the same. It's got to be a version of you. Two, you got to be willing to work at it. And if you have those two things and you're at a good place that has things to point to, then you're you're going to be successful at it. And, and I think with Travian and Beamer made this point yesterday, one of the reasons that he could be successful in recruiting and just successful in general is he's been here before. And there is something to be said for that. I think it's meaningful when you get to go back to a place and when you've lived that experience, that's one of the reasons that Shane Beamer was so appealing for this job. And it, frankly, I think it's one of the reasons he's found early success is because he had some familiarity with the place. 
He knew the lay of the land. Travian Robertson can now walk into a recruit's home and said, hey, I, I got everything I needed and wanted. I lived that experience. I turned down North Carolina and Clemson and a bunch of other schools out of high school. I came here. I won games. I went to the NFL. Um, I met my wife, who I've now had a child with. I've, I've now gone on and, and lived my dream of coaching. So that's a more impactful, you know, thing to go in and say in, in, in uh, high schools and in living rooms than just a hired gun who's been at 18 different schools in the country. Talk, talk about hitting, like I, I'm not a big, oh, they won the, the press conference guy, but man, talk about hitting all the notes yesterday. Like I, I felt like this was, you ever, you ever watch like a movie where it's, it's one of those movies, let's say it's like one of the Marvel movies and they're trying to make it appealing to the masses, but also they put in these little winks to like the hardcore uh, comic book fans, like little stuff that Chris or I would never even notice. Like, I, I felt like the nods to to South Carolina people, like to USC people, the mention of Andy's Deli, like mentions of the horseshoe. I felt like Travian hit on every single note you could possibly want if you were a Gamecock fan watching that press conference yesterday. And we'll hear that sound from Travian Robertson on the other side. You're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour is brought to you by our friends at Firehouse Subs. There's a sub of the day every single day at Firehouse Subs. You can go to firehousesubs.com or fire up the app. Uh, Hit the Firehouse Subs app, do the rapid rescue. Today's sub of the day is is the New York Steamer. It is actually one of my favorites. I just discovered it about three weeks ago. I've had one literally every single week since. $7.99 today. Again, fire up that rapid rescue on the Firehouse Subs apps app. Order that. Order that turkey bacon ranch. Order whatever you want from our friends at Firehouse Subs. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. So grateful to be here. Um, I can't wait to get my family down here. Um, This is not a place where I just played at. I have roots here. Um, I chose to come here in 2007, and I remember Coach Lauren telling me, he said, Travian, when you choose whatever school you choose, that's the school where you're going to meet your wife. That's the school where you're going to have the best man in your wedding. That's the school where you're going to create lifelong memories. And um, I met my wife here. She didn't just run track here. She's an SEC champion, uh, SEC champion also. Um, she graduated from here. So this is home for me. Uh, I got married here right on campus in the Horseshoe. Um, you know, this city of Columbia has been great to my family. That was Coach Robertson yesterday meeting with the media at his formal introduction, and that clip was just a little snippet of what Wes talked about in the last segment of him kind of hitting the high notes of some specific things around town and around campus, the Horseshoe, Andy's Deli, all that kind of stuff. And obviously at the end of the day, it's going to come down to what the defensive line does on the football field. But as Wes mentioned, if you can win the press conference, uh, Travian Robertson certainly did that yesterday. He definitely did. And, I mean, got uh, some cher- a cherry on top. He got brownie points with his wife as well. 
mentioning her <laughs> SEC championship. Tra- I mean, Travian was prepared, and they uh, they apparently did it at five o'clock last night because Travian had to be up early hitting the recruiting trail today. I think he's in Atlanta today, right? Yeah, in Atlanta, checking on some guys there. So, no press conference today because they were like, no, man, you got to talk about it today and get your butt on the road tomorrow, and that's certainly what has happened here. Travian even, uh, maybe even extra brownie points, Wes, not only mentioning his wife and her achievements and their wedding on the horseshoe, but also how he was cooking dinner for the family um, when Shane Beamer initially called him. So, shout-out Travian for cooking the food. Hey, a couple other shout-outs. So, we're talking about the Gamecock ties. Wes, I don't know. Did you mention Mark Fleetwood in that? So, Mm. that's another one that I didn't realize. I'd forgotten about Corey Corey Peoples. Forgot about the Mark Fleetwood reference. Some of you that have followed the program for a long time may remember him. Uh, Mark Fleetwood, an outstanding player at South Carolina, uh, played from 1979 to 1983. So, he played for Carlin and Morrison, um, and he was an All-America and All, do you know the conference? South Independent Honors in 1982. So really good specialist. And then was actually uh, a grad assistant for Joe Morrison on that 1984 uh, famous team. He was the head coach at Peachtree Ridge around Atlanta, and Travian uh, got his start in coaching under Mark Fleetwood. One more, too, a subliminal message. In my opinion, Wes. So, on Saturday during the draft, Javon Gwynn got drafted by the Atlanta Falcons in seventh round. The last Gamecock that was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons was Travian Robertson, also in the seventh round, 2012 draft. And that subtle note was mentioned in the Gamecocks online little blurb. And in the email communications. Was it coincidence? Maybe. Maybe not. It was just meant to be. It was just meant to be. Just another sign of it. Yeah, no, it's crazy. All those things that can tie in there. And uh, again, that's not going to be much of an acclimation process for uh, Travion Robertson as the defensive line coach. And again, he's on already out on the recruiting trail today. And we talked about him obviously playing in South Carolina, being from North Carolina. And also, you know, coaching in the state of Georgia, Georgia State and Albany State, as well as uh, coaching out at Tulane last season. Very familiar with the Southeast region. So um, not, not, nothing he has to learn as far as recruiting goes throughout the Southeast. Yeah, and I, I think South Carolina already was in on some big time guys at defensive tackle as we sort of shift this into recruiting, Chris. I, I think every coach probably has their unique kind of uh skills or traits that we that maybe you focus on right but for the most part if you're a good player you're you're a good player and I I think Carolina was in on especially for 2025 you go at you look at Amari um at uh Amari Adams you look at you know the kid Elijah Griffin down in Savannah I mean they're as good as anybody in the country so you can already sort of circle those two as being your your 2025 top targets, but uh, obviously in on some 2024 guys as well that are good players. So maybe that board shifts a little bit. Maybe a guy gets added. Maybe a guy gets shifted down. But for the most part, if you're recruiting good players, you're recruiting good players. And I, you know what I'll be curious to see? He did a fantastic job. Granted, it's a different level of ball. He did a fantastic job taking some guys at Georgia State who were not – 
your highly recruited variety and getting a ton of production out of them. And his one year at Tulane did a fantastic job with that group as well from what you see as far as the production goes. So I think he'll recruit top-notch guys, but will will there be a Brad Lawing special or two <laughs> along the way where you take a shot on an in-state guy? Now, we, we've seen South Carolina's recruiting take a step up. I would say even from those days, Chris, in some ways, in that they're, they're not really recruiting sort of um, risks, if that makes sense. They're, they're recruiting guys that are sort of uh, kind of known commodities. However, do you take a developmental guy or two, what you would kind of call the Brad Long special? Well, and a great example of a Brad Lawing special that Travian did coach at another program was Jordan Strong. I mean, Jordan, it's crazy to think about coming out of high school. He's from Georgia, Camden County in Kingsland, Georgia, near Jacksonville, Florida. He was a six foot four, 190 pound safety, two star, um, and got to Georgia State, obviously put on some weight pretty quickly played outside linebacker, continued to grow. And even when he left Georgia State, he was 6'4", 225. And now he's what? Two, I think he's 6'4", 242. So he's never going to be an absolute monster. But he looks like he looks like a defensive end now. And so when he got to South Carolina, that was obviously to hold up in the SEC a priority. But, you know, his first year was 2018. The first year of Travy being the on-field, you know, the D-line coach at Georgia State was 2019. And that you can kind of see the progression there. And Beamer mentioned during the press conference on Tuesday that introduced Travian, how Jordan Strong came to him and said, I wouldn't be here if not for Travian Robertson. So th- there's a, an example already of a guy that he's helped develop that wasn't your just sure thing, ready-made, ready-built defensive end. Um, we didn't mention Cedric Williams as well, by That's the way. another one. Another game so connection. Uh, has been on a staff at Carolina, had been on a staff at Georgia State, played at South Carolina, phenomenal player, phenomenal dude, and actually was involved with basically telling Sean Elliott initially, hey, you should give Travian a call. He's reached out. He's interested. So talk about Gamecock networking and Gamecocks helping Gamecocks. Um, It's interesting that Travian took the route of wanting to sort of uh, branch out to possibly be able to come back, but then there were university connections all along the way for his path back to Columbia. Uh, before we heard from Coach Robertson yesterday, Shane Beamer did speak to the media for a few moments, and we did get an update on a starter for the fall that is going to miss the start of the season. We'll talk about that next. The Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. Any parents out there like me, you know you do anything for your kids, and that is why it is so important to protect them with life insurance from State Farm. State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup, whose office right off St. Andrews Road, off I-26, 612 St. Andrews Road, she and her team can make it easy and affordable to help protect your family no matter what the future holds, because for the people you do anything for, life insurance could mean everything 
Call State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup in the Midlands today. She's a South Carolina native and a local agent. She and her team can give you a personalized life insurance quote to meet your needs and help you save. Her website is amymasoncup.com. That's M-A-S-I-N-C-U-P-P.com, amymasoncup.com. Her office, again, 612 St. Andrews Road, Suite 4 in Columbia, just off I-26 in Ashland Park Plaza. State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, 803-772-5554. An injury update from Shane Beamer on the other side here on the Gamecock Central. Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecock, 107.5 The Game. Uh, Jalen specifically, as you guys saw in the spring game, suffered a you know pretty significant injury. Um, uh, he won't be ready for the beginning of the season. I'll say that, and you know, optimistic that that uh, the the recovery process will go well, and we'll get him back. Um, hopefully, you know, before the season before the season is over, but he won't be ready to start the season. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs on one hundred seven five. Game Tire West and Chris, along with you. That was Coach Beamer speaking to the media yesterday for the introduction of Travion Robertson, but did touch on some other things, including the Jalen Nichols injury from the spring game. So who is projected to be the starting left tackle for the Gamecocks will at least not be available at the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think this was kind of anticipated news, but still, you know, you get it confirmed from Shane Beamer. Chris, I think this is part of the reason we've seen South Carolina be active in the transfer portal on the offensive line during not just this window, but during the spring as as well. I mean, it's hard to find offensive linemen, it seems, in the portal. It's even harder to find true left tackles in the portal. Almost borderline impossible, I think, but they have tried to add some depth there. And, I mean, there's really no sugarcoat in this. This was their projected left tackle this season. And uh, they're going to have to do without. I tend to think you look, you know, get their top six is sort of how we framed it. Now becomes a top five. I think those top five are still your top five. And most likely scenario here is I think you got to slide Ja'Kai Moore out to left tackle. Let him spend every waking moment trying to get ready to play that spot. Um, maybe Gargiulo is your left guard. Rashawn Lee is your center. And uh, the right side stays the same. But also, I think Chris puts some pressure on your reserves to now be ready. Because if you had six, you probably had some configuration where if one guy went down, that six man was going to be the next guy up, regardless of who went down. Now, if you feel good about five, you got to start to find who is, who is now the sixth, who is now the seventh. Uh, you know, Kaysen Henry coming back at right tackle after missing the spring. Uh, Sidney Fugar, who comes in, hasn't played SEC ball before, went through spring practice. Um, you, you really need to have a great summer for some of these guys, in my opinion. Yeah, it does change the outlook there. And to to start with more, you know, last season he played eight games at left tackle and started some of those, platooned in others. And then the last four games of the season, Florida, Tennessee, Clemson, Notre Dame, 
he sl- he kicks out the left guard. So you got Nichols at tackle and Ja'Kai Moore at left guard. And that was the configuration that ended up sticking. Now, the first game that they tried this in earnest, you, you couldn't really tell the difference because that was the Florida game and nothing went well in that game. But Tennessee, Clemson, Notre Dame, he turned in, according to PFF, if you, if you take out the SC State game, which isn't a, a great measure anyway, those are his three best pass-blocking grades of the season against some pretty good competition, obviously, in, in those three teams. And so, Ja'Kai, at left guard, looked like he had really settled in. But now, you probably don't have that luxury because he is one of your best five. And then if you look at the other options in that best five, if you looked at it and said, well, we'd really like to keep Ja'Kai at left guard, your other guys in that top five, Wes are not as ideal to slide out to left tackle. They don't have as much experience there. Maybe they're not quite as good. Vershawn Lee is the guy you could point to, but he seemed to be better and even more comfortable as an interior player. Started his career out playing some tackle, but guard and center is where he's landed. So I agree with you that you know one of our questions in the spring and even after the spring was, how are those interior slots going to shake out between Vershawn Lee and Garjulo, will Garjulo kind of overtake for the center spot? Will he stay at left guard because Moore was there? Now I think it's a much clearer picture. To me now, you've got exactly what you laid out with Moore at tackle, Garjulo left guard, Lee staying at center. My question becomes, who who is guy six, who is guy seven? And does this open up the door for Marky Anderson yeah. to, to potentially, depending on how things play out, Maybe maybe play a lot this year, Chris. Like I, I don't think he's going to be in the starting lineup at this point. But we we saw a lot out of him this spring. You heard some really specific high praise. I always look at not just what do coaches say, but how do they say it? How much beyond what they're being asked do they say? And you heard both Lonnie Teasley and Shane Beamer talk about Marquis Anderson and the football IQ, the ability to come in and just learn everything that was asked of him right off the bat. We saw him play some left guard and some left tackle in the spring game itself. He spent some time at both at spring practice. So, I, Chris, I would say in one way or another, you're probably going to see Marky Anderson slide right in this year. I, I think he's one of the people who would all of a sudden firmly be in that mix, maybe even for sixth guy. Yeah, and – added value because he can play guard or tackle like he's not pigeonholed shoehorned what however you want to phrase it into one particular spot he's gotten reps at both spot at both spots i just i really like him as a guard west because he can move so well pull just feel like he he has more of a look and a skill set of a guard but if he needed him to go play a tackle spot he could i agree he could get as far up as that six like We've got a spot we need somebody to plug into. Who's the next best guy that can play that spot? Marky Anderson may be it. The other guy that I'm and and there's this isn't the only guy I'm intrigued by, but I am intrigued by Casey Henry because out of the three freshmen that were signed in his class or freshmen at that time, Brew Baker, Maines, Henry, you seem to hear the most about Casey Henry. He seemed to maybe be the farthest along. He played a little bit at left tackle. He did miss the spring, so we don't really know where he stands. But when he comes back, he's probably more of a left or right tackle as opposed to being able to play anywhere. But I think he's going to have a chance to be in that top, you know, six, seven, eight spots probably. And ultimately, 
Chris, I kind of like Marquis as a potential future center. You start oh. talking about high IQ yeah. guy. If if a guy with the athleticism of Marquis Anderson is your center, then you are doing pretty freaking well. I'm 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 thinking along the terms of could you ultimately this would be a couple of years down the road. Could you have Josiah Thompson as your left tackle, Cam Pringle as your right tackle, Marquis Anderson as your starting center? You would have tons of options, not to mention Big Tree could potentially play guard or tackle. You'd have tons of options at guard. If ultimately Marquis is your center, then that means that your O-line has filled in perfectly. Not to say he can't play guard or tackle, but generally center is sometimes where you put a guy that's not quite as big or not quite as athletic as the other guys. Marquis, that's obviously not the case. Come back and talk more roster options as we wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. It's the Rye Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. Yeah, I want to tell you about my friends at Gold Line Framing. Uh, you've heard me talk about Kendall Walsh before, and Kendall is now involved with yet another business here in Columbia, South Carolina. It is graduation time. Uh, shout out, by the way, our friend Kendall Smith. Tomorrow, her last ever show here at 107.5 The Game. So if you like her, are graduating, or if you have someone in your family or a friend who is graduating, Gold Line Framing would be the perfect place to get an excellent Gamecock frame for that new graduate in your life. Uh, they have been around for over 20 years. They are open Tuesday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. They are open Saturday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. They also have works of art there in studio. They have a, a studio gallery. Um, give them a call, 803-739-1337. Again, that is Gold Line Framing in West Columbia, South Carolina. All right, wrap up the day on the other side here on 107.5 The Game. It's the Cape Cod Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler, Wes, and Chris with you. For a few more minutes, we're handing it over to the halftime show with Jay and Terry. Want to let you know, Gamecock baseball coming up tonight as they take on Winthrop out in Rock Hill. First pitch at 6 o'clock. Pre-game coverage can be heard right here on 107.5 The Game starting at 5.45. Going back to our conversation in the last segment there, obviously in reference to Jalen Nichols missing at least the start of the season. and Hopefully he can come back before the uh, year is out. And you guys talking about all the roster options. This really... It shows you why you emphasize bringing in guys, you know, not only recruiting but through the transfer portal as well, that are multifaceted, that you can move around that offensive line should you run into one of these situations where you uh, need to come up with a new starting rotation. Yeah, we talk about it all the time, Chris. It's not really necessarily who's next on that depth chart. It's who, if you have a starting five, who is the sixth guy? Who is the seventh guy? Who is the eighth guy? And yeah, you would love to have what, 10 deep and feel good about all of them and feel like, oh, this is the backup left tackle. This is the backup right tackle. And maybe one day you get there. Um, who's to say they can't the way they've been recruiting on the offensive line lately? But the the concern with offensive linemen is that most of the time a true freshman is not ready to play on the O-line right off the bat. Now, certainly getting in early, being a guy who's already physically developed like Marky Anderson, 
being just a really smart, sharp kid. All those things help, I think, in terms of him being ready to play. However, that's just not norm. Finding guys in the transfer portal harder than ever, I, I think, as far as finding a true left tackle type guy. So, you know, I, I think they're going to take a swing. But for the most part, Chris, I look at the guys who are already on campus, already on this roster, and say, you know, th- this is where they have to find their answers as far as replacing Jalen Nichols. And, you know, Beamer Beamer really didn't give much of a actual timetable on him coming back. Um, you you kind of have to approach it like you, you're just not going to have him, I think. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it's easy to forget that South Carolina already, in some ways, West struck gold this cycle in the transfer portal because they brought in Nick Gargiulo. I mean, to bring in a guy who's almost definitely a starter, especially now with what we mentioned, the the need to probably have both Lee and Gargiulo start in light of the Nichols news and slide more back out there. You know, it's rare that you can find a guy that has legitimate starting experience, proven experience that fits your program that you can just bring in and plug in and he's probably a starter. And by the way, you got him in early for spring ball. Even some of these um, big time like offensive tackles that you've seen go into the portal, some schools, it's been reported, have have backed off because there's some issue there, you know, whether it's injury or maybe character or something else. So even the ones that go in the portal, it seemed to pick up 25 offers in five minutes. Those are not always sure things either. Uh, Florida landed a big time uh, transfer who got hurt. You know, that can happen with anybody. So uh, to get Gargiulo, not a tackle, right? He does have tackle experience, but all indications are he's going to be an interior player. There was even a little bit of luck involved in that one because, yes, you had some ties. Dante Reno's father, Tony, the head coach at Yale where Gargiulo played. He would have he would not be here if he could play another year at Yale. I mean, he transferred basically because the Ivy League doesn't allow graduates to stay on scholarship anymore. So even with that one, a little bit of luck. But they were fortunate to be able to get him out of the portal. As we wrap up here, anything new regarding the transfer portal we should be on the lookout for? Anything coming down the pipeline? Yeah, you know, there's some things we're sort of focused on right now. Um, Maybe that we haven't quite been in a position to report yet we did put out some more notes on that on Gamecock Central Carolina Confidential this morning I would I would say for everybody to be on the lookout for potential news uh, I think you could see some guys visiting here soon this week and um, you know I, I think there's a handful of guys you're already looking or you're always looking I should say for that mutual interest and you know I, I think if a guy out of the portal visits your school that's a great sign of mutual interest And, you know, I I think it's starting to become clear. Probably we'll be able to talk a little bit more about this potentially by tomorrow, I think, Chris. Yeah, I mean, the the need positions are still there when you're thinking about edge, when you're thinking about running back. But keep in mind, offensive line, DB, I mean, there's still some positions that there are some guys in the portal. But, again, broken record alert, graduates this summer – you know, whether that's May, June, the, the the portal windows that you hear about are for undergraduates. And so there's still an opportunity for some others this summer, you know, to be able to jump into the transfer portal. And another thing to keep in mind is there are these transfer portal needs for South Carolina, but they're going to have to balance that against the current 
roster numbers in terms of scholarships. I don't have an exact updated count, but just know it will work out, yes, but it's not unlimited, and they are pretty close right now on that figure. So while you could say, ah, it'd be great to bring in you know, six or seven more guys in theory from the transfer portal, they are going to have to prioritize certain positions and certain guys based on their quality because of those numbers. As Wes mentioned, stay tuned to Gamecock Central as they keep you updated on all that happening with the transfer portal, and we'll be back tomorrow to break down the, anything that happens over the next 24 hours. Thanks so much for listening to today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Jay and Terry up next with the Halftime Show on 107.5 The Game. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.